Well, welcome back to our Saturday morning coffee clutch. Uh, this is Bob Reich and Heather Lofthouse, Executive Director of Inequality Media Civic Action, my former student years ago, and happy, happy to be here. Happy coffee. Uh, Heather, this has been a wild week. I mean, I, it, it's, I, I just, uh, and a lot of people, there's stuff that went on this week, like the debt ceiling that a lot of people just don't quite get the leak of the of the you know the the Dobbs decision uh, right. particularly with regard to the investigation uh, so where, where do you want to start I think let's start with the debt ceiling oh that's now listen let's start high I, but but here's the problem a lot of people they hear the words debt ceiling and they either they either get bored uh, right away, right. or they say, I just, I don't get it, and I'm never going to get it, and I don't need to get it. And you know who would love that? Republicans. They like to make it particularly confusing and catastrophic. So and, will you tell us what's what? Well, they also like the idea that there is a debt ceiling that they can try to maintain and protect. And it's bullshit. I mean, yeah. it's completely and utterly rubbish. Uh, there should not be a debt ceiling. The debt ceiling was put in artificially. It, it's a it's an accounting device. I mean, essentially, uh, the, the, obviously, the United States is going into debt. Uh, we are a big debtor. I was part of an administration. Remember that actually balanced the budget. Yes. For the first time. Thank you. Ever. Thank you. I'm glad it's you, really paid off. I really appreciate Literally. your thanks. Uh, but, um, and the Republicans, you know, under, under Trump, $7 trillion of additional debt. But what they want to do is embarrass, uh, essentially, the Biden administration, make it very difficult for the Biden administration to function. They want to threaten the full faith and credit of the United States. That's really what's at stake. Because if the United States doesn't pay its debts on, on, on our own obligations, you know, bondholders, people have lent the United States money, uh, Medicare, Social Security, uh, then the, the government can't function and the entire economy is really at risk. Uh, and so this hostage-taking... Uh, and it started big time. I remember in 1995, I was there, uh, and Newt Gingrich and others tried to use the debt ceiling as a way of, uh, of exacting uh, some concessions from the Democrats, from the Democratic administration, in that case, Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton said, no, I'm not going to negotiate. Unfortunately, in 2011, mm -hmm. Barack Obama did negotiate, and out of that came the Budget Control Act and a lot of things that really ultimately over the long term didn't amount to much. But it looked like he did negotiate and he conceded, and then, of course, they wanted more. 2013, there was another big negotiation. Uh, and uh, as I said, Donald Trump got debt ceiling increases at least twice during his administration. But now, uh, with the Republicans in control of the House, and with the Democrats in control of the Senate and the White House, this is the one issue that Republicans have to essentially get what they want. And we are already at the debt ceiling. Well, so that's, so Secretary Yellen said, we're gonna hit it on Thursday, right? And then, so what does that mean for the average person? Did we, we've hit it. I mean, what, do I still did get you, up in the morning? Did you feel the bump? Did yeah. You, did, you, did you hurt your head? But when does it actually, yeah, I don't feel as tall. When did it, act, when does it? Well, it, it, she's, uh, the Secretary of Treasury, the, the Secretary of the Treasury takes what are known as, ex, quote unquote, extraordinary measures. 
And that's basically, again, some accounting techniques to borrow from a fund here or from you know, a pension a fund for postal workers or from whatever little pocket of money you can borrow from uh, to keep the government functioning, to pay off the debtors, pay off the people around the world. It's not just Americans. In fact, there are a lot of Japanese, a lot of Chinese uh, who are owed money. Uh, and that's what's going on. And she can probably, the Treasury Secretary can probably continue to do that for, I would say, maybe another four or five, six months. Okay. It's all very iffy. Okay. I mean, it's this is one of the problems. If you're going to get into a game of chicken, uh, you, you know, if the one side doesn't know when the other side is actually uh, crashing, right. uh, then it's the game is not really a very safe game. And what about <laughs> it's not a safe game to begin with. Right. What about this talk about prioritization? Uh, this is something the Republicans brought up last time around uh, in 2011, 2013. They bring it up again. It apparently was part of the secret deal uh, they made, the, with, the House McCarthy, uh, right? crazies with yeah. McCarthy. Uh, and they have this idea that, well, maybe if you prioritize payments on uh, to the creditors, that is the people, Americans and others around the world who have actually lent money to the United States, if you pay them first and then maybe scrimp on everything else the United States has obligated to. I mean... I'm sorry, Social Security? Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, Medicaid yeah. um, I mean, highway trust funds, I mean, the all kinds of other things. The, you mean the important things? I mean, <laughs> air traffic control. Right. Uh, maybe then, you know, as long as you pay off your, your debtors, you're not officially in default. Oh, well, it's crazy. Yeah. It's also, I mean, it's, it's economically crazy to, because it, it would mean so much money uh, being taken out of the economy in terms of money that the United States could not spend uh, that you would essentially create a recession almost immediately. Right. Stock market would go crazy. Your 401k package would be worth nothing. Right. Uh, but also the idea of rewarding foreign in investors right. in the United States, debt of and foreigners who have them over, over Americans. The home front. Right. I mean, you know, Chinese debt holders, it's not gonna fly okay. politically. Good. And if Biden uh, is smart, and I'm he is smart, uh, and the people around him are smart, Janet Yellen is smart, they're not gonna negotiate. Good. Well Which means they'll raise it. Which means the Republicans Ideally. will be forced to raise it. But remember, this is going to come down ultimately to six or seven members of the Republican House right. joining the Democrats. Ultimately, the end game, yes, they will have to raise it. But will there be six or seven Republicans? Every time I say that there are going to be six or seven moderate Republicans who will see the light and join Democrats, guess what? There aren't. I know. Now, this makes me think of George Santos. Uh, in, in terms of moderate Republican? <laughs> no, in terms of Republicans. Why are you thinking of George Santos? Well, what because is... he's in the news, and it's so wild. We don't have to get into too many of the specifics, but what is happening? What is the Motley crew that we are... Well, do I mean, why is George Santos still in the House? I mean, he was elected. Everything he said about his biography, all his credentials, fake I mean, where was the where, where was the Democrat who was opposing I know, Santos? Was There's something called opposition research. I know. What, what happened to opposition research? Uh, uh, it, it, the whole thing is is it would be funny if it weren't so tragic, and if it didn't point up the 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 really the the emptiness, uh, the utter lack of integrity 
of today's Republican Party, the, the utter inability to govern. Uh, and I mean, look at the people who were put onto the House Oversight Committee by Kevin McCarthy as part of the deal he made with them, obviously, uh, to be able to become speaker. I mean, uh, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene and, and Lauren Boebert and all of these people who had been involved in the insurrection to begin with. I know. Going and they're on now the on the oversight right, committee exactly. overseeing. They're going to do investigations. Uh, I, I think this is all ultimately about uh, Donald Trump uh, and, and helping him with his 2024 bid. I mean, oh. they are, this is, they are going to be part of the, um, the kind of chorus line, or the, the backup band. Donald Trump. They're going to be investigating. Uh, they're going to come up with crazy stuff. He's going to use in his campaign. Fox News is going to magnify right. it. Um, but aren't we at a stage where that could help when they're so extreme? The numbers are not what they once were. For. Well, the, Demo the Democrats are kind of celebrating. They're saying, oh, they're so extreme. Mm. Uh, look at what it's going to illustrate. I think that's false uh, reasoning. Democrats should never assume that the Republican crazies are not going to be in power. Uh, never assume that, you know, Donald Trump is behind and, uh, and is going to fade. No, he's got huge support. Now, granted, it's still a small minority of the American public overall. And granted, in 2022, the American public showed a lot of fear of that rhetoric, right. that, you know, the crazies, the Republican crazies. But that doesn't mean they are harmless. It doesn't right. mean they're going to help Democrats. Or that people aren't, that everyone isn't going to see them as extreme. I mean, everyone, not everyone does. Well, they change, the, 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 the trouble is when you have that kind of nihilist mm -hmm. extremism, it, it changes the median. It pulls mm -hmm. the average. It, 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 it creates a new normal, right. which is, and that new normal is, is, is nuts. Right. I mean, how many of these people, uh, I mean, w Green and there was at least one other who were put on the oversight committee by Kevin McCarthy, somebody else yeah. uh, who threatened um, violence against their opponents, their right. political opponents. I mean, which is now part of the norm. I mean, this happens. Well, this is the point. I mean, yeah, how can so that distorted. be the norm right. in America? Uh, I, uh, this is the danger. You yeah. just... You, you, you say these, you know, America's going to reject these crazies and the crazies affect what is, what is expected right. from politics, what's expected in terms of our behavior toward each other. Can we talk a little bit about the Dobbs um, leak, the leak of the Dobbs decision and what we know and what we don't know and what we are... Well, t talk about, uh, you know, the new rising. norm uh, yeah. and the, uh, you know, the, the fears that a lot of people have about our government kind of going off the edge. Uh, the Supreme Court's trust, the public's trust in the Supreme Court has plummeted, uh, plummeted rather, and, and it's been pummeled. Right. Uh, the leak of the Dobbs decision uh, overturning Roe v. Wade uh, was a scandal. It still is a scandal. There was an investigation by the Supreme Court. Uh, they just published the results of that investigation and basically, bottom line, nobody was, was, was found to have, have done the leak. Not surprisingly, um, but here's the thing. Nobody in that investigation interviewed Supreme Court justices. Right, or their spouses? Or their spouses. Which 
Let's not even go there. Well, but or you let's. can go there. <laughs> I mean, someone should. I mean, that's that's right. So, if you're not interviewing your Supreme Court justices, um, then maybe you're missing the person who actually did the leak. Wow, do you have a law degree? I do. As a matter of fact, I'm. I used to play Sherlock Holmes, and but but, but this is terrifying. But this is like a Sherlock it. Holmes. I mean, look, think about it. You're you're trying to solve this mystery, uh, and none of the justices is being interviewed. So that makes, well, which of, who among the justices right. is most likely, has a motive, the biggest motive to actually leak the Dobbs decision? Could it be maybe the person who drafted the <laughs> Dobbs decision and got four other Supreme Court justices? And has a history of leakage? Tentatively <laughs> to go along with him and wanted to lock them in and has a history of doing this. Um, you know, on the Hobby Lobby case. Do, should we say a name, or are we just? No, gonna... no, we're gonna. Okay, this wait. is it. Everybody out there, the, the, this is Read, it. You have this... to. You have to guess along with Heather. Uh, um, I think I know. Okay, I well, hope, I think other people might too. Okay, but on Hobby Lobby, this is a 2014 case. Another another victory for the religious right. Uh, well, what happened? I mean, it was it was written by Samuel Alito. A lot of evidence that Alito leaked it. Not not. I mean, circumstantial. Right. Uh, we're talking about secondhand evidence, but an article in the Times uh, not too long ago, uh, I think in November, uh, saying a reverend um, uh, who is very, very much anti-abortion uh, did, in fact, um, know of and had access to the Hobby Lobby decision before everybody else did. Hello? And it came from, ready for it? Alito. Samuel Alito, Jr., Allegedly. Allegedly. This is all circumstantial evidence. But you see, there's no code of ethics for the Supreme Court. It's I mean, so even, if, even if tomorrow it was not circumstantial evidence, it was incontrovertible evidence right. that Alito had leaked it, uh, we would still have a, a problem because there's no enforcement mechanism. What are they going to do? That word there? ethics. There's not going to. I mean, that word. The word ethics. I don't hear it enough. Or there is see. no, in the Supreme Court, there is no code of ethics. And uh, even in no... Congress, I mean, they're trying to obliterate anything that is a shred of in the House. Well, they, they, yes, that's right. After years and years and years of work, there was created an Office of Ethics and a House Ethics Committee, and the Republicans are busy obliterating yeah. that. Yeah. But on the Supreme Court, you've never even had an ethics code. I mean, you... But you, I, my idealistic, naive head... It wasn't needed almost because everyone stood for the right things. I mean, that was part of the court, right? They were the supreme ethicists. Well, you would expect that, but then you have the controversy you. over Clarence Thomas and yeah. Ginny Thomas yeah. and his failure to recuse himself yeah. uh, with regard to cases that obviously Ginny Thomas has an interest in. And uh, so this is a lesson. But so now we're going to put in, you know, I mean. Well, I, I think it's up to the Chief Justice. It's uh, John Roberts, if he doesn't want to be known as the, as the Chief Justice who presided over the debacle yeah. of the Supreme Court, uh, the kind of uh, the com complete loss of public trust, yeah. uh, he's got to take the lead on a code of ethics that has some teeth in it. Yeah. Uh, now, how do you do that? I don't know. I know, especially when people obliterate it. Now, do you have one more minute? I have a minute. Do you because have another minute? I have a minute. We Yesterday we did an interesting thing where this colleague of ours, Vishal, had gotten all this archival stuff. Vishal, thank you for getting this archival stuff. 
So you had a pile of photographs delivered, and they were all from the 80s. I think a couple of them from 91. From before you were born. No, I was way born. But this was from the Harvard, Harvard, but the Harvard oh, When I was teaching, yes, the teaching, yes. teaching at the Kennedy School. And uh, these photographs uh, were, um, well, they were amazing. Time capsule. I looked younger. Can I put, can we put one in the coffee clutch? Okay, we'll see. Ooh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so besides the fact that I looked younger. But it brought up a lot of memories, right? It did. It did. Good? Yes, I think so. I mean, look, I have been teaching for 42 years, Heather. Yeah. Now that is long. That is older than you are. No, I'm 45. Okay, so you were three. I remember that preschool when you taught me. That's right. When I started teaching, you were my best student. God, I love the way you do the alphabet. That little three-year-old was just... uh, So I've been teaching graduate students and undergraduates for 42 years. And uh, it's coming to a close. Soon, right? And so that's Brandeis, Harvard, and then UC Berkeley for the last... Uh, The last 16 years? Yeah. 17 years? Uh, So I'm starting um, my last class. In fact, yesterday I started my last class. Um, of uh, my last course. Mm. Wow. So I was looking at those photographs uh, as a way of making myself really depressed. <laughs> no. No, but also it's interesting to look at how you've improved as a teacher, one hopes. I hope. Yeah. I mean, that's why, I'm, honestly, that's what, we can talk about retirement, but that's why I am retiring from teaching, because I, I want to leave when I'm still able to do what I consider to be a good job. I don't yeah. want to... Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to, this is not an ageist comment. I think Joe Biden, you know, if he wants to run again for for president, fine, do it, Joe. Uh, although I don't think he should. Right. <laughs> but, but if he wants to, fine. Yeah. Uh, but look at, I'm 76 years old. I, I think I'm in good health, knock on wood. Um, I would like to leave the teaching when I can still do it in a way that I'm proud of. And I've seen you, and it requires a lot. I mean, it is two hours, it is active, it is technology. It much is... more energy, much more savvy than being president of the United States. <laughs> That's what I was think. going for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so uh, uh, this is my it. signal okay, to well, our we, president. Can we reserve the right to delve into this in another We definitely, or two, definitely or will. Or definitely will. Okay. Um, Heather, it's nice to see you. You too. And the family is good. Everybody's family's good. Family's decent. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Thank okay. you for asking. Well, thank you. Thank you for thank you for the coffee clutch. Yes. And uh, we'll have the final cup of coffee, and we will have our little our little theme song, our little going going away theme song. Uh, everybody out there, uh, we uh, appreciate you. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, Heather and I look forward to this, and. Uh, We'll see you next week.